You're listening to the Exeter Vineyard Church podcast. New episodes each week. To watch the full video version of this podcast, head over to our website, www.exe.vin forward slash podcasts. So we're spending January thinking about uh, the new year. So two Sundays ago when we were here, we were we're thinking about the change of the year. Two Sundays ago, we were talking to people about what God had been teaching them over 2023, um, which is a great thing. You know, sometimes I think we don't stop and think, what is God doing in my life? So it's a great chance to reflect because the Bible tells us every day is at work in us. So, you know, sometimes we just, we're not, we don't look for it. We don't think about it. Uh, and then we've, we're kind of looking ahead to 2024. And so the, the Bible verse that came up like a number of times this week in different places was this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I'm kind of, I guess I would think about like how do we do, how do we engage with this with all our heart? And I think sometimes, like I'm going to use lots of different analogies, but this one is like swimming. If you're swimming in the sea, if you're swimming against the tide, you can put a lot of effort and achieve very little and I think sometimes our attitude to God, if we have a religious attitude to God, we think as long as I tick all the boxes that God wants me to tick and do the right things, then God, then I somehow God owes me in return some nice stuff back. And so since that's never the way God works, and it is ridiculous that we think we could somehow put God in our debt, you know, we're swimming against the tide. At the end, we're like, I'm exhausted and nothing's changed, nothing's going on. Whereas if we are just treading water, we will gradually move in a direction. But if we swim with the tide, then we can achieve lots more. And if you've ever been on Exmouth when the tide's going along and you swim that way, you're like, I think I should go in the Olympics. I'm so good. Yeah. Ian Thorpe could not do this. So, um, so we do that. So we're thinking about that and specifically thinking about, about being part of a church. What does that mean? How do we swim with the tide? Because if you're anything like me, I think for long times, I've just thought of church is just a thing that you do. You know, it's the kind of stuff you're, if you're a Christian, you're meant to do this. You're meant to be part of a church. And so it, it's not something you do where you're thinking about what is the tide that this is, and you're just kind of bobbing along. And uh, so another analogy that we've used is about living fruitful lives. This, the great news that God wants, because of what Jesus has done, is there's this option or this desire that God has in us to, for our lives to be producing great fruit, good stuff that makes the world better, makes our lives better. And we talked about this before. If, you, if someone chucks an apple core out of the window when they're driving along and it falls in the verge, it will, you know, it will produce like a sapling or calm or whatever. It will, it will start to grow and it might produce some fruit. So it does, you know, the nature of, of uh, what God does, does produce fruit. But there's a real difference between that apple core on the verge of a road and, a, and an apple seed planted in an orchard where it is looked after and nurtured and protected and um, cared for and all those things. And so I think we need to understand that church is like an orchard. So instead of just thinking church is the thing that we do, understand that church exists for a process, which is to help us, the saplings, grow fruit. Um, and unlike uh, apple saplings, we have a choice where we put our roots, where we find ourselves, what we 
uh, are connected to. So last Sunday, if you watched the video, the video was, why, why are we part of a church? Is it something we stop and think about? And what is it in church that actually is producing, is doing stuff in us to encourage what God wants to do? Rather than just, well, I go, it's something I've always done, it's habit, you're supposed to, and I'm just in there. And um, so uh, this, I also, I get a daily email of C.S. Lewis wisdom. This one came this week, which I thought was interesting. It says this, when a young man who has been going to church in a routine way honestly realizes that he does not believe in Christianity and stops going, provided he does it for honesty's sake and not just to annoy his parents, the Spirit of Christ is probably nearer to him than it ever was before. So I, I guess this is probably not a quote that church leaders would often use. But this idea, the security of God, that he would prefer us to be honest than just to be doing, doing the, the thing that seems the right thing. And so I think for us, that God wants to focus on who we are and our character, and that means thinking about why we do things. And so... Uh, we want Exeter Vineyard to be an orchard that's helping all of us grow these amazing, fruitful lives uh, that are wonderful for us, wonderful for the people around us, where we start to see the character of Jesus uh, develop in us, that we start to feel like I'm becoming a different person, a better person because of what God's doing, and see the difference around us. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, we've been thinking about that and how can we make church work more like an orchard and less like just the thing that we've always done. Because Sarah and I have been doing this for 19 years, and, I, and probably for like the first 10 years, we just thought we, you just have to do the thing. You just keep going, keep like pedaling and going around that hamster wheel, because that's what you do, and you hope stuff happens. And we've been thinking, well, what is that? How do we do that? How do we do it effectively? And also six months ago, just to let you know into a process we've arrived at that I'm going to talk about today, about six months ago, the trustees, who are the people who are responsible for us as a charity and how we use our resources and all that, started saying, well, how do we know what we're doing is worthwhile? You know, how do we know the way we look after our resources and the decisions we make are an effective way to use those resources? Because we don't, we don't want to now... We don't think it's a good way of just counting how many people turn up to things. So we kind of got into this process of thinking, well, what does good look like? If you can't count numbers, you've got to look for something else. And so what would it look like if we said, oh, it's all going really well in all these different areas of church. This is what it would look like if everything was going well. So we started working on that. And then last October, the hub leaders, we had a uh, weekend uh, kind of learning retreat where we worked through this and we kind of thought about, we did an exercise of what would Vineyard look like if everything was going really well, and we came up with some, this is, this is the kind of things we'd want, to, we'd imagine we would see, and this is what we would dream of, of going on. So we did that, and then, so now today, we've turned that into a personal reflective exercise for us. So it's something where we get to think about, and there are no wrong answers, but it's an opportunity for us to think about what's going on with me in in my interactions with church, is there places where I'm seeing fruit because, you know, the church is acting like an orchard, it's really good, or are there bits where we're like, actually, I feel like this part of my life's a sapling on the side of the road, and I'm not, I'm not uh, getting the nutrients and the care that I could get from church. So it's an opportunity for us to think about it, to go through and 
and just think about what's God doing, what's not happening, what might he want to do. So I'm gonna, that's what we're going to talk about today. So just quickly, to def- because this plays out in this exercise, I want to redef- or go through the definitions that we use. So we're talking about the process we're talking about of leading fruitful lives, of becoming the person God wants us to be, is or created us, the person God created us to be, is um, discipleship. That's what the Bible calls it, this journey. So we say there's kind of three aspects to discipleship. There's our relationship with God, discovering that he loves us. We're not earning his love. It's not dependent or, or conditional. He is just crazy about us. And so we discover that. We're not worried. We're not insecure whether he thinks we're nice or not, whether he likes us or not. And then we discover that our relationship with God covers our whole life. There's not like the kind of churchy bit that he's interested in, and then there's the normal life, our work, our family, our neighborhoods, our money, our hobbies, our doom scrolling through uh, you know, Facebook or whatever it is. He's interested in all those areas of our lives. Uh, and then it overflows into the world about, around us, that we are being engaged by God in his project of making the world new, that he is going to do finally at the end of this age. You know, that's what we look forward to. But in the meantime, we get to bring his kingdom to the situations around us. And for most of us, the reason we are here is because somebody overflowed into our life. I became a Christian at school because other guys and some teachers were really good at allowing what God was doing in them to overflow into my life as well so that we can think about that. So discipleship is these three kind of phases, our relationship with God, it saturating our whole life, and then overflowing to the world around us. And so we've tried to organize church so that it's well-rounded, gives us a well-rounding covering. So where does discipleship happen? Well, primarily, it happens in our everyday life. That is where we are being made a disciple. And it is though the way that we respond and react, uh, the way we orient ourselves when we're at work and there's something good happens or we're at work and something bad happens. When someone's nice to us, someone's nasty to us. When we, uh, we decide how we're going to spend our money, we decide how we're going to spend our time, all those things, that, those decisions we make is, is an outworking of us learning to be disciples. And God wants to interact with us in those moments to help us become more and more like him. And then we wanted to work out how could we best organize ourselves to encourage that. So we have these three kind of environments we have. We have discipleship groups, which the the picture is kind of like uh, to help us have an analogy. It would be a bit like siblings or, or friends where you get alongside people. And discipleship groups are places where we uh, ask God what is, it you want, what is it you're prompting me to do in the next couple of weeks? And we tell other people, this is what I think God wants me to do in the next couple of weeks. So that someone says, you know, we might have all those good intentions, but often it's just knowing someone's going to ask us, how's it going, makes us actually kind of step in to do it. So these are discipleship groups. They're usually like three, four, maybe five people. They take about an hour to do. Fortnightly seems good. And uh, the process is you just read a bit of the Bible you pause and you say, oh, this bit jumped out of me and it kind of connects with my life like this and I think God might be telling me to do that. If you're not in a discipleship group, you, you can just start one. If you can find a couple of other people who would, um, who would be interested in doing that, then you can do that. They don't need to be part of Vineyard. And to be honest, they don't even need to say they're Christians, I don't think. If they're just like, actually, I'm open to the fact that God might 
want to interact with my life, and I'll try this out and see. I think it's a really interesting process. But if you're not, um, if you would like to, and you just don't know anyone, what we're going to do is we've, we're going to start. You can put your name down on a list, and we'll try to match people. And there's a QR code here that says interested in joining a discipleship group, and basically just ask for your name, your contact details, and any like absolute. I definitely couldn't do it at this time, or you know. So we uh, we can't set these up for you, but we can just kind of maybe do some pointers. They're functional groups as well. You don't have to be with your best friends because they they exist for a function. They don't last forever. You know, you can just try it for a few months, see what difference it makes. Um, and we're hoping that they would multiply. So you can invite people in, it gets larger, and then it becomes two, uh, then it becomes four, then eight, then 16, and then it's revival. So, And then we can start counting numbers <laughs> as success. Uh, so we have uh, everyday life. Discipleship happens in everyday life. Discipleship uh, happens in discipleship groups when we're specifically asking God, what is it you want me to do? And this is what I, the step I'm going to take. Hubs are more like a family meal together where you are getting together. Often they're um, multi-generational. They're done over food usually. And that's a chance to uh, grow in relationships, support one another, uh, just have that relationships oriented around with God at the center. And then our Sunday service, what we do here, which is more like a uh, family like celebration, I guess. You know, you don't know everyone in the room. Uh, you can put some more effort and organization into making it happen. So these kind of four areas are, are what, what we need to think about of where discipleship goes on and how we've organized ourselves as a church to try and encourage it. So we've created this booklet, and there's one, you can take one, one for everyone. There's more than enough. And if there's not more than enough, just let us know. We'll put one in the post. I think there's more than enough. Um, So it has a couple of pages of explanation, and then it has four, four grids. And there's one grid for each of these environments, one for everyday life, one for discipleship groups, one for hubs, and one for Sunday service. And the grids look like this. There's the three aspects of discipleship, God, whole life, and overflow. And then in each of those, there's three statements. And then it's, the idea is that we take time to reflect on those statements and see what we think God might be talking to us about in those statements. And it says at the top, past, present, and future. So we might be thinking, God has done something in this, in this statement. God has done something in the past, and I can really see a change that's happened in my life. And we should celebrate that. Thank you, God, that you've done that. This is, I hadn't really noticed, but now I think about it. God's been at work in me in that area. Present might be, what is God doing right now? I feel like this is something that God has put his finger on. This is something I feel prompted about in my life now. Or the future might be like, this is something that I think I feel that I want to change in the future. This is somewhere I would love to see God work. Or this is somewhere I think God wants to work in the future. And we can just make notes. And you don't have to put notes in every box. You know, I, I think it's much better if it's, like, focused. And so the, the idea with this, you take your booklet. This is the ideal, I think. <laughs> or maybe, maybe this would be ideal for me, is to, like, choose an environment our time think about my everyday life read through it and then just do something else you know like pray read through it, and then do something else because I think often well maybe this is just me but I think sometimes when you just sit there and like now God speak to me and you're like mm, 
trying to, trying to hear God. It sometimes doesn't work, but sometimes, I don't know if you find the same, when you're just like driving the car or walking around or, you know, it's like almost your brain's in neutral. That's the time when it's easier to hear God's still small voice. So you might want to like read prayerfully, read through it through and then go for a walk and then come back and make some notes or go to it. So this is the idea that you can go through this where some of them are like, so for the page that's on discipleship groups or on hubs, it might be helpful to go through with the people in your discipleship group or in your hub. And if you're not in a discipleship group or in a hub, but you realize I have this, this process goes on, I have this community that does this, it's just not called that thing, that's fine as well. It doesn't have to be the same. So I'm just going to go through these nine questions um, together. So, so we've got this first area, the, our relationship with God. He's, um, he's at work in us, so we don't have to uh, earn it, we, we can be secure for it. So for each environment, so for everyday life, discipleship group, hubs and Sunday service, it asks this question. And the key word is, I am increasingly. Because it's not about like, yes, I have achieved that. Tick. You know, I am now level two Christian. Tick. You know, like this. It's all about the change that's going on. Are we seeing more and more of something in our lives? So the first one, I am increasingly expectant. I will meet God here. You know, do we go to... Do we come here today thinking, I, I'm going to meet God. I'm going to have this opportunity to meet God as we gather together. You know, I was sat there and I remember think, during the singing and I, about like three quarters of the way through a song, I was like, I've sung every word, but I, don't, I haven't thought about any of the words. Do you know what I mean? I'm not engaged in the same way. Um, so do we come with an expectancy? Do we come with an expectancy to hubs? What about our everyday life? Are we expecting that when we go to work, we're going to f- discover that God is already at our workplace? So we get to discover that God is already in that relationship with us. Are we increasingly becoming expectants of God to meet God in those places? The second one, I am increasingly discovering who God is and what he is like. Are we growing? Are we discovering more about God? And, uh, you know, like when we come here and someone teaches from the Bible, we're like, oh, I'm learning more. Yeah, I'm discovering God. You know, the big one that I struggled with for ages is that God loved me. You know, I just, I thought, well, he has to because it's his job, you know, but he doesn't really want to. If, you know, if he was, if he got a day's holiday, he'd stop loving me, you know, and like that. And then to, to realize, actually, I'm, I'm changing. I'm starting to feel more and more secure because I've been discovering what God is like. And in all those areas and in our everyday life, are there things at work or in our personal life where we're saying, actually, I'm starting to see God's character, God's work in these areas. I am increasingly intentional and proactive about pursuing God in this area. It's so easy to get stale in what we do in any of those environments, and we just start to go, well, this is what I do. I go through the motions, and sometimes it needs switching up. So it might be, you know, like in your everyday life, you're trying to connect with God, and you, what you do is you read the word for today each morning, and actually you're like, this is just, I'm just doing it now. It's just a tick box. And so maybe you need to think of something else to do to find a new way. Or you're coming here and you're to the Sunday service and you've just fallen into a kind of pattern of the way. And so you're not stopping to think and you need to shake it up a bit. And, you know, if we were like really traditional, it would be like sit in a different seat, you know, something like that. But, you know, those sorts of things that we can do differently. Or maybe get involved, you know, like come in here, maybe get involved in a team. That just shakes stuff up again. So that's the God, those three statements 
for each environment for us to consider, am I increasingly changing? Is God doing something in this right now? Or is this something God would want to do as we move forward this year in 2024? Then our whole life. I'm increasingly seeing God's involvement in all areas of my life. So are we seeing that that God is involved in those areas where we just thought, well, I'm just doing this. I mean, the big question is like when you try and do stuff in your own strength, you think, well, I can just do this. And so it's true for every environment. So you can come here and do, and you think, well, I, I actually don't need God to come to a Sunday service because I can just do everything I have to do. Even if I have some uh, something that I need to participate, I can just do it in my own strength. Or just to receive, I can do it in my own strength. Or in discipleship groups or... Um, or in our everyday life, are we noticing that God is involved in these things more than, more than we've suspected? Am I increasingly seeing my character be transformed? Is there change going on? And the way we often tell is our, our reactions to things. Are we like, oh, a year ago, this would have really thrown me, and I'm seeing now God is changing who I am and changing the way I respond, I would have bitten their heads off, you know, this time last year. Or maybe it's like, I bit their heads off this morning. I think God wants to change in those sorts of things. Um, and am I increasingly being stretched out of my default life? So our default life is the define is like how we would just do life if we did it all on our own. And, and God wants to stretch us out to push us into new areas, new opportunities, new things. And then we're like, oh, if you'd have told me a year ago I'd have been involved in that, I would have never done it. But because I've been in Hub and people have supported me and people inspired me, I've, I'm now, you know, joined this hobby club that I did or I'm volunteering at such and such a place or I have reconnected with a broken relationship. All these sorts of things are just like, I would never have done that if it wasn't for God. And being in a discipleship group, being in hub, seeing God in my everyday life has helped me do that. And then finally, overflow. I'm increasingly noticing kingdom opportunities around me. Do we understand that as we go through our life, God has a purpose for us to do that. I learned this off of a guy who wasn't a Christian. Like, this is going back like 20 years. I was friends with a guy who was a fireman. And he just had a different way of seeing his responsibility because he was a fireman, I think. So we'd just be like, we'd be going, you know, he wouldn't be on, on duty. But something would have happened and he would stop and help kind of sort it out. You know, like a shop's uh, A-frame board had blown over, I remember. And he picked it up and I was like, I would have never done that because I wouldn't have felt like I could do that. You know, like I'd be like, who are you to pick up? I know it sounds ridiculous now. But just to understand that God has stuff for us to do and to be and not think. Like it's one of the big things that I would love us to change at church is to think that God wants to use the people who stand at the front of the church and we just, everyone else gets to hear about it, you know. But to understand that God has stuff, you know, ministry is what it is to be a Christian and, dis- and see those things around us. Second, I am increasingly caring for others. This idea of sacrificing our own uh, time, desires, needs to care for others, to display love to others' people. Um, are we seeing that? And so a lot of these would work out in our everyday life, but what we're asking, if you're looking at the Sunday service, you're saying, is the Sunday service a place where this is being uh, encouraged in me and developing me. And maybe it's been worked out. Maybe you've 
maybe when the, your hub's on to pray, you've like changed, oh, actually, I do want to pray for others. I find it a little bit uncomfortable. I'd rather not do it. I'd rather receive prayer, but I'm open to it. I want to do it. And finally, I'm increasingly being open about my faith. Are there places where we are able, being encouraged in those environments, to be more open about our faith as we go through our lives? Um, you know, and it might be, you know, sometimes it's a step. Sometimes you find it easy or it's easier to talk about God than it is about Jesus or talk about being involved in a church than it is talking about actually having a relationship with Jesus. And I think this is the thing of sometimes feeling secure enough to talk about God's involvement in your life instead of just kind of kind of papering over it. This is why I feel like overflow is a good word because sometimes we can try and block the overflow, you know, like in a, a pizza hut salad bar, you know, when you, you build up the edges with the lettuce so you can get more in. So we kind of try and keep it in because we feel something's gone on and we're, someone's talking to us and we think, well, the reason I've got through this hard time is because I've really felt, you know, my faith has helped me. God's been there for me. But we think, oh, I'd sound a bit weird if I said that. So we just say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it kind of sorted itself out. And, uh, you know, I just tried to plod on. And so in instead of, like, allowing the overflow to happen, we kind, of, we kind of keep it in because we're insecure. We're worried about how people would respond. So... That's in this, so I'd love if you want to. I mean, this is uh, if you don't want to do it. To be honest, I don't really care. But I think these will be good. Um, these are good just to work through and think because it just allows us to take a snapshot in January 2024 of where we're at, what God's doing, what He has been doing, what we hope He would like to do. Be good for us to revisit, you know, at the end of the year and be like, oh, I think God, because we want to be in an orchard, we want to be swimming with the tide. We don't want to be stingy with a pizza hut salad <laughs> just get all the analogies out there and so uh, one one final thing as well to talk about today is uh one one way we capture what god's doing is by uh sharing the stories of what god's done and we i think we're pretty bad at doing that or we'd certainly know where we need to be so we want to get better at capturing stories of what god's done i think we're bad sometimes because we're a bit humble we'd like oh you know i don't want to I don't want to draw attention to myself, all of that. And then sometimes there's this kind of weird thing in church culture where, like, we feel like the entry bar's up here. So maybe, you know, you, you feel like uh, I've got to, you know, I had a really good conversation with a neighbor about God. And, I, you know, six months ago I wouldn't have done it, and I did do it, and I was nervous, and it worked out really well. That's a great story, but we think, oh, but I can't share it because everyone else has already led their neighbors to the Lord already. You know, they've, they've done this. Or we've, we've like, I found this pattern. I didn't, I didn't really ever read the Bible or pray, and I found this pattern. It's really working in my life. I'm getting a lot out of it. We think, well, I can't say that as a story because then it shows that I didn't have that pattern. And we're supposed to all be spending at least, getting up at four o'clock in the morning and spending an hour in prayer. Okay, so we just need to lose all these kind of comparison things and just think, what good stuff is God doing? We want to sh share those things. So we're going to try and do every six months, do this kind of push and say, look, what's God done because of the church in your life? What have you been able to do because you've been encouraged by the church? And, you know, talking about the church, that's like in hubs, in discipleship groups, just the relationships you have, that network. What's been going on? We'd love to capture those. So it helps us know 
that God is doing stuff and then where appropriate and can do this anonymously as well, share some of these stories because I'm sure you agree some of the most encouraging reasons to step out yourself is because you hear someone else has done it. So share those. So we, every six months we're going to push that, but also just whenever anything happens, we'd like to capture it. So we've got another QR code uh, that you can scan, and it has, I think, three questions. Your name, which you don't have to put, but it's helpful if you do. What happened? Just tell us. And then there's a third question. I can't remember what it is. Oh, would you, do you want someone to contact, get back to you? You know, like, would you like Sarah or I or someone uh, on the staff team to get back into? Because it might be a story, and you're like, actually, I would love someone to connect with us about this. So again, uh, that's so that we're going to just start pushing these. So that these are here. You scan them, you just fill them in really quickly. So since it is January, I'd love if you've got stories from the last six months where where church, you know, church has been helpful, positive, encouraging. You know, that would be good because it was just nice for us to know that this is going on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about Exeter Vineyard Church, head over to our website, www.exe.vin. Mm-hmm.